Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, take this time that we're here today to give you glory and to worship you. You said you are seeking those who will worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we thank you because your word is an incorruptible seed and it is designed to change our lives. And as we look into the mirror of your word this morning, Father, I pray that the spirit of God will interpret, will change, will encourage, and Father, will lift those who need it that no one will leave this spiritual house without being spiritually fed. So I thank you, Father, that I have decreased for the anointing of God to increase, to feed your people your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Today we're ending our next living, next level living series today. And we've been discussing next level prayer and how it has the power and the potential to change things as well as move the hand of God. In other words, prayer has the power to change things as well as move the hand of God. Now today we will be completing the steps for the prayer of faith. And then we will also see how praying in the spirit takes prayer to another level. Our lesson title for today is praying by faith in the spirit. Praying by faith in the Spirit. Say that with me. Say, praying by faith faith. in the Spirit. And the goal of today's lesson is to provide you with practical steps on how to apply the prayer of faith and then help you see how praying in the Spirit will take your personal prayer life to another level. Amen. Now, we've discovered so far that there are four facets of prayer. And they, the first one is the priority of prayer. The second one was the place of prayer. The third one was the power of prayer. And then number four was the process of prayer. We define prayer as communication with God, which involves worship, asking, and listening to God. Prayer affords us the opportunity to receive strength, encouragement, direction, and intimacy from God as well as answers from God. And so we talked about the process. And so go to James chapter 5. That's where we're going to start this morning. James chapter 5. Because our focus has been the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith is is really, if you want to know in a nutshell what a prayer of faith is, it is a prayer that has been prayed with faith in it. Every prayer you pray ought to be a prayer that has faith in it. Or let me tell you a secret. If it does not have faith in it, God don't hear it. You say, well, pastor, that's, that, I don't understand that. Well, let me just put it like this. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who, who diligently seek him. So you have to have faith when you approach God. Now, are you there in James chapter 5? Say amen if you are. Amen. All right. Now, let's look now in verse 15. It says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, And the Lord shall raise him up. Really what that could be uh, uh, 
can also say is a prayer that's prayed with faith shall save the sick. And so sometimes the sick is not saved because the prayer that's prayed don't have faith behind it. Uh Amen. Now, we define faith as or a spiritual confidence and process that connects us to the supernatural power of God and allows us to become, watch this, to, to allow things to become possible. So, we looked last week, go to Romans chapter 4 very quickly. We looked last week and talked about uh, faith because it's not an, a matter of if you have faith or not that can get your prayers answered. Having faith is not really the issue because the scripture says that God has given to all men the measure of faith. So if you are born again of God's spirit, you have the measure. Say the measure. measure. I didn't say a measure. He gave everybody the measure. So whatever we needed to start, God gave it all for us to start with. But everybody's faith doesn't develop after God gives it to them because they don't do nothing with it. And so watch this. In order to get my prayers answered, I must pray in faith or by faith. And I said last week, it's not a matter of if I have faith. It's a matter of how strong my faith is. Because whoever is the strongest is going to win. You give me two dogs that are twins. And if, listen, if they got into a fight, the the dog that's going to win is the dog who ate the most. Or the dog who's the strongest. And so watch this. Whoever you feed inside your life is going to be the strongest in your life. If you feed your flesh more than your spirit, your flesh is going to win every single time. And that's why you can cuss them out without blinking. Come on now. You know, I didn't. listen, when I got saved, I had to now think about what I was saying before I said it. See, I was so used to cussing. That cussing was just part of my normal vocabulary. I, I mean, it was no big deal. I, I mean, I'd be in church and cuss. I remember one time I was in church and I was talking to my sister and she said, you just cussed. I, I didn't know I cussed because cussing was me. And so I had to retrain. So when I got saved, I had to slow down and start thinking before I talked because if I didn't watch it, I'd be cussing you at you and, you, and I didn't know it. And you'd be looking at me like, you cra- like I'm crazy. Like, oh, he just cussed me out. Well, I didn't know I cussed you out because just cussing was in me. Right. Amen. So in Romans chapter 4, look in verse 19, it says, And being not weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body now dead. In other words, there is a such thing as having weak faith. And let me tell you what happens when you have weak faith. Weak faith considers the problem, but strong faith considers the promise. In other words, when you are praying the prayer of faith, when you are believing God for something in your life, you will know whether your, your faith is weak or strong by what your focus mentally is on most of the time. If your focus is on the problem after you pray the prayer of faith, then you are, your faith is weak. It's not that you don't have faith. It's just not strong enough right now. And so what you got to do to overcome a strong problem, you have to have strong faith. And to have strong faith, you must always now consider the promise above the problem. Did y'all hear that? All right. So watch this. Now drop down now in verse uh, 20. It says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. He was steady in the promise. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in what? So watch this. That tells me I can have weak faith and I can have strong faith. And watch this. The level of strength of my faith is going to to determine whether I receive the promise of the prayer of faith that I pray. Okay, I'm going to say it again. 
I can determine. No, let me say it like this. Based on the level of my faith, whether it's weak or strong, will determine, watch this, not only if I receive the promise that I'm praying, but also how long it takes me to get it. See, strong faith receives a promise and sometimes, see, sometimes it's taken us too long to believe God for stuff. And it's because our faith is weak. And you know how you know your faith is weak? It's by what, what Abraham didn't do. He didn't just he didn't stagger at the, at, the, at the promise. Oh, God, are you going to do it? Oh, God, you're going to do it. Oh, God, are you going to do it? You know what? Your, your faith is weak. So guess how you get strong faith? You get strong faith two ways. Number one, you got to get strong faith by knowing the word. But the second way you get strong faith, you got to use the faith you got. See, you can't believe God now. Listen, don't try to believe God for a Range Rover when you, when you just have one of those 79 Beagles, Beatles, you know, the Volkswagens. If you're driving a 1979 Volkswagen and you're trying to go from that to a Rolls Royce, let me tell you something. <laughs> Chances are you're going to be believing a long time. Why not? Listen, then you say, well, Pastor, I'll just drive the Beetle till I get it. Well, that's fine. But I'd rather just graduate my faith. Go from a Beetle to a Honda. Then go from a Honda to a Cadillac. Then go from a Cadillac to a Range Rover. Then go from a Range Rover to whatever's next. You see what I'm saying? So don't be lazy and expect your faith to act like magic. Faith is not magic. Faith is a process. Everybody say faith is a process. So the prayer of faith, last week we talked about the prayer of faith being the process. And so I gave you some steps. Let me tell you what they are and then I'm going to p- complete the steps and then I'm going to jump into what my main piece is also this morning. The prayer of faith has a process. The first process I gave you last week is that number one, you must pray the prayer of faith. Watch this. You must pray to the Father in Jesus' name. The, the, the reference for that is John 16, 23. All right. Why the name of Jesus? Because the name of Jesus is above every name. So even if you... Watch this. If the name, is the name of Jesus bigger than the name of cancer? Yes. Absolutely. So there is no name above the name of Jesus. And so that's why you want to endorse your prayer in the name of Jesus because he told us to do that. Number two, we must be specific with our desire. Go to Mark chapter 11 very quickly. Mark chapter 11. We must be specific. When you're praying the prayer of faith or when you're praying a prayer that has faith attached to it, you must be specific with your desire. Don't just go to God and say, well, Lord, just bless me. It was like last week when I was talking about the lady. She wanted to be blessed financially. Oh, I want a blessing from the Lord. Oh, I want increase in my life. And we're saying, well, how much increase you want? Well, I don't care. Well, well you, you got to give God something to work with. It don't matter. I just need some increase. Things are just bad. And I just gave her a nickel here. Be happy. That was increase. He said, well, pastor, that was wrong. No, it wasn't wrong. She's a nickel more richer than what she was. But see... We have to now get in agreement with God's principles. And here's one of the principles. You have not because you ask not. So one of the steps in the process of faith is that we must be specific with our desire. Look at Mark chapter 11. Look at verse 24. Watch what he said. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. So you have to be specific with your desire when you pray. So I must be specific when I pray, not after I pray. Then he says, you must believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So step number two is we must be specific with our desire. That word desire there, when you look it up in the Greek, it means to ask. 
Then number three, the third step is I must ask in faith. Everybody say in faith. Keep your hand here in Mark. Keep your hand here. Go back to James. Go back to James. Let me show you this. When you ask, when you use the prayer of faith, you must ask in faith. Uh, Go to James chapter 1. You can't ask God really wondering if he's going to do it. You got to ask God believing and knowing that when you get done asking, he's already started the process. James chapter 1, look in verse 5. It says, even if you lack wisdom, let him ask from God that gives to all men freely and upbraid it not, and it shall be. It shall be. When you ask God for wisdom, it shall be given. When you ask God to bless you, it shall be given. When you ask God for that new car, it shall be given. When you ask God to save your husband, it shall be given. When you ask God for that promotion, it shall be given. But you have to ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Watch this. Let not that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. So if your prayer may not have been answered, it could be because of two reasons. Either number one, you have not been steady in your faith. Or number two, it's a process and you need to wait and be patient until it manifests. Amen. So step number three is that we must have faith when we ask. Number four, go back to Mark chapter 11. I said, go back, go back to Mark chapter 11. Number four is that we must believe we receive. And I last week explained the difference between believing and faith. You need to get the CD because I'm not going to go back over that. But I do want to say that having faith is an action. It says faith without works is what? Dead. So if there's no action behind what you say you believe in God for, I believe in God for a new car. Well, you got to go look at a car. You got to go test drive it. You got to go fill out the application. They're just not going to come knock. Ed McMahon is not going to come knock on your door and say, you know what? You believe in God for a car here. Now, that can happen if you know how to use your faith. That's how I got my rims. Amen. One of our members kept walking outside and saw my car and said, Pastor, call me one day and say, Pastor, I, every time I walk outside, I notice your car, and, and, and you need some rims. I got some rims in my garage. Would you like them? I was like, where you at? <laughs> I'll come get them right now. Watch this. The word of God acts as my spiritual receipt to the promise that God made me when I pray. When you go into your prayer closet and you pray the prayer of faith and you ask God specifically what, for what you want, when you walk out of your prayer closet, the receipt of if you know you got that item, remember that when you go into the store and you buy something and you charge it on your credit card, the moment you charge it, they give you a what? They give you a receipt and your receipt is proof of purchase. Even though you haven't paid the bill yet of the item that you just bought, they give you credit for what you put out and all you got to do is show your receipt that it belongs to you. And that's what it's like. When you go into your prayer closet, you pray the prayer of faith. When you stand on God's word, the receipt of purchase that God's going to answer your prayer is his word. So my receipt is whatever verse I'm standing on. So when the devil tries to tell me, oh, God ain't going to do that, guess what I do? Just like when you walk out of the store and the, and the, the buzzer goes off, you don't run like you stole it. You go back in there and you have them to take the tag off and you walk back out. When, when you walk out of your prayer closet and the devil attacks you and stuff starts going crazy, your, your husband starts acting crazy. Here it is. You know, pray for your husband and he acting like a fool over here. <laughs> Listen, don't let that bother you. You got a receipt that he saved. Oh, devil, no, I got a receipt. Me and my household shall be saved. Thank you very much for reminding me, and I'm going to say that every time you bring it to my mind. Your receipt of purchase, that your prayer has been answered, is the word. Now, watch this. The receipt of purchase is the word. 
But faith is my substance and my evidence that proof has been granted. In other words, faith causes me to hold on until I see the manifestation of what I want. People say, well, how long do I hold on, Pastor? You hold on until you got it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, we talked about last week four things or really five forerunners of when you know your faith is working. I want you to hear me. I've said it before, but those of you who are new, I want you to see this. In other words, when my faith is working, when it is working, when my faith is working, I have some really evidences of knowing that it's working. See, there's nothing like thinking something is working and it ain't working until you get down to the end and figure out it wasn't working. Did you get that? In other words, have you ever been in school, studied for a test, got to class, and figured out you studied for the wrong chapter? I don't know if y'all ever done that. I've done that before. You, you get the test paper, you're like, what is this? This is, not, what, what, uh, excuse me, professor? Uh, what, what, what? What chapters are these? Uh, chapter 13 through 15. I read chapters 10 to 12. Sorry, F. In other words, I would like to know if the thing is working while I'm working it. And what I'm about to share with you are the steps or the things that will pop up to let you know if your faith is working. And the first one is a plan of action. When your faith, when you ask God for something and your faith is in operation, your faith is in progress, again, guess what's going to happen? One of these things God will give you is a plan. Because the God is a God of plan. And guess what? Your plan of action can come in one of three ways. It can come through the rhema of God's word. It can come through prayer. And it can come through godly counsel. Here's a spiritual example of that. The, one, the widow woman in the Old Testament. She had a problem. She was running out of food. And so, guess what? Remember, when you're in faith, you can expect God to give you a plan of action. And he gave her a plan of action through the man of God. And the man of God told her what to do, which is godly counsel. And then she did it, and it worked. And if you've been doing stuff and it ain't working, you need some counsel. Uh Uh-oh. I stepped in some poop right there. Y'all smell poop? I smell poop in here. Number two, if you don't get a plan of action, then you're going to wait while your faith is working for the wisdom from God. Now, wisdom from God, let me give you some examples. Joshua with the Jericho wall. Here it is. God wanted that wall to come down so the children of Israel can spoil the city. Now, they could have just went in there and tried to just rush the door down, but that's not the plan God gave them. He said, you know what? Here was the word of wisdom from them. He said, I want you to march around that wall six times with your mouth closed, and then on the seventh time, I want you to scream. Now, what kind of wisdom is that? But it worked. It caused the wall to come down. And when you're walking by faith, God will give you wisdom on what to do. When, God, when Jesus told Peter to cast his net on the right side of the boat, that was wisdom from God on how to get increase in Peter's life. Then the third thing you can look for is a miracle from God. What is a miracle from God? It's supernatural, sovereign move of God where he overrides natural laws to supply your need or fix your problem. In other words, God can override the natural with the supernatural. And that's what happens when, that's what a miracle is. That's when I told the story about using, you know, when I told y'all the story, when I, I, I had locked my keys in the car and I used somebody else's key to get into my car. And then when I used their key, I went back and tried it after I got in the car and the key wouldn't work no more. When I told that story in Houston, when I did the spiritual encounter this summer, and I told that to all those young people, there were some youth counselors who had locked their keys in, in their van. 
And so they was like, well, Pastor Evans said that he used somebody else's key to unlock this, the, the, his door. Then we, hey, they went to somebody else and found somebody else with a 15-passenger van and said, uh, can we use your key? And the guy was like, why? We locked our keys in the car. And he was like, they said, we're going to do what Pastor Evans said. He said he used somebody else's key. You got a 15-passenger car, so we're going to use your key. So he, he was like, I want to see this too. So he went over there, and they locked that. And guess what? The same thing that happened to me happened to them. They unlocked their own van, somebody else's van, somebody else's key. They opened up their car. Why? Because that was a miracle. Say a miracle. That's when God would override the natural with the supernatural. Then... While you're operating in faith, if you haven't seen a plan of action, if you haven't received wisdom, if you haven't seen a miracle, then guess what? You're going to wait on the favor of God. And the favor of God is when God will use somebody to use their power and their influence and their ability to help you. And that's what happened when I land. I've been looking and looking and looking and looking and looking for land, looking for looking and looking. And if I didn't see favor, I let it go. See, if I don't see God doing, if God ain't in it, I don't want it. Because if I get it without God, I got to sustain it without God. And so here it is, we, we, we be in the middle of a land deal, and I saw no favor. I just back up. That's not for us right there. But then when somebody's willing to lend you $1.3 million, $1.3 million for what we're paying this land for, and they are not only willing to sell it to us, but they're willing to, in, to, to hold the note, that's favor right there. Especially in an economy like we're in. Somebody say Amen. Then number five, if you, have not, if you have not received all four of those, then you just need strength to endure until your change comes. You need strength to endure until your change comes or the object of your believing is manifested. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 uh, and Hebrews 10 36 talks about patience. And one of them says, you, you, need, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. So sometimes it takes patience. And see, that's why I say that the prayer of faith is a process because patience sometimes requires you waiting. Amen. Now, once you believe you receive, here's the next step in the faith process is that you're going to now start thanking God for blessing you. You're going to thank him before you see it. Because if you, be- watch this, if you believe that he gave it to you after you prayed, what, what is the natural thing to do after somebody give you something? You thank them. So when you get in your prayer closet and you ask and you believe and you receive, you're going to walk out and rest this. The rest until you have the manifestation, your next thing is just going to be thanking God. Now, Philippians, you can write this down. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, do not fret or be anxious or anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So you want to start thanking God. Because thanking him shows that you have faith in what he's going to do. And then number six. Am I on number six? Yes. Number six in the prayer process, prayer faith process. You're going to always walk in forgiveness in order for your prayer faith to work. Go to Mark chapter 11. You still in Mark chapter 11, right? Are you in Mark chapter 11? I'm doing good with time this morning. Praise the Lord. Look at Mark chapter 11. Look at verse number, number 26. He says, but if you, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's go to 35. Therefore, I say, I t- I say unto you. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, do what? I'm in verse 25. Mark chapter 11. What did I say? I said what? Y'all should have knew what I was thinking. Don't y'all have osmosis? Are y'all in the spirit? I'm out the spirit. (laughs) Okay, look at verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever who desire? You desire when who pray? You pray. Stop asking everybody to pray for you. You need to pray for yourself. 
Believe that you... <laughs> I just threw that one in, okay. <laughs> I mean, if I praying for you, I ought to get what you're getting in. Look at this, I'm praying for y'all to get money, and then you get it because I pray. You ain't praying nothing. I'm the one that prays. You need to give me some of that money. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave you alone. Watch this. What things however you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Watch this. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, what's the next word? Forgive, Forgive if you have all against who? Anyone. 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 Who is anyone? anyone. That includes mama, everybody. daddy, everybody. Now, let me tell you a secret. You don't forgive. Let me just finish reading it. You don't forgive, you don't get it. Watch what the next one says. He says, if you, he says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have all against any, that your Father in heaven, which is also, for your Father that was also in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. In other words, unforgiveness blocks the prayer of faith from working. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to hold nobody hostage because I want my stuff. So that's why when you believe in God, I'm talking to somebody right now, you in the middle of a faith fight, but you are acting so ugly. You ought to be sweet as pie when you you believe in God for something. Because listen, being sweet as pie keeps forgiveness flowing. But when you allow whoever's around you to get you to start being bitter and ugly and unforgiving, all you're doing is blocking the faith of prayer that you pray. And let me tell you something, they are not that important in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let them go. Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, didn't they just tell you to let it go? Now touch your neighbor. Touch him and say, neighbor, he said let it go. Now look at that neighbor and say, don't touch me no more. You got to forgive. Now, go to Romans chapter 8 very quickly. Romans chapter 8. Here's really where I wanted to go. Prayer can go to another level. When we learn and exercise our ability to speak in tongues and pray in the spirit. See, it's okay to pray in English. It's okay. But let me tell you something. When you want to take your prayer life to another level, you can't just talk in English. Because, see, sometimes you don't know what to pray for. When they acting a fool and everybody's stabbing you in your back and you don't know where the dart's coming from. Or something is blocking the blessings from coming in your life. And all you praying is the same thing, Lord bless me, Lord bless you. You done ran out of words. Watch this, Romans 8, 26. Here's my point. Write this down. Prayer can go to another level when I learn to exercise my ability to speak in tongues or pray in the Spirit. You can shorten that just by saying prayer can go to another level by praying in the Spirit. Now, look in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Let me show you what I'm talking about. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses or our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for when we ought to. 
But the spirit itself will make intercession or pray for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Watch this. And he, the spirit that searches the heart, he who is God, searches the heart, knows what's in the mind of the spirit because he, the spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So if you want to take your prayer life to another level, you need to just stop praying in English and you need to learn how to pray in the Spirit because praying in the Spirit, watch this, what it's going to do is going to help your weaknesses. So while you're going through whatever you're going through and you're praying in the Spirit, you won't allow your weaknesses to overcome you so that blocks your prayer. You don't want that to happen. But also when you pray in the Spirit, he said you, don't, you can pray and not even know what you're praying. He said you can pray when you don't know how to pray. And then he goes on to say, when you pray in the spirit, he's praying the will of God for you. So let me tell you a secret. Pastor Evan don't pray a whole lot in English. No, because I don't know what's going on. I pray in the spirit. And you know, when I pray in the spirit, you know what happens? God will start manifesting those five things that I told you about faith. When I pray in the spirit, a plan of action comes. See, I remember when I said, Lord, we have outgrown this elementary school that we started at. And we either need to have two services or we need another place to worship. And Lord, I I hate to be selfish, but I don't want to preach twice right now. Can you help us find a new facility? And then all of a sudden I was praying like that one day and bam, a plan of action and a wisdom from God came. Evan, there's a school on the same street that you own right now that's bigger than where you are. You can go there. I was like, there's a school on that street? So I got in the car. Same day. I got through praying, got in my car, and I started going up and down the street. And finally, I was like, well, let me go the other way. And I went the other way, and here it is, this big old high school sitting somewhere I didn't even know was here. Because I don't live in Arlington. I live in Mansfield. I didn't know this high school was here. I knew, though, because God showed it to me when I got it, when I prayed in the Spirit. And so when you pray in the Spirit, it takes your prayer to another level. Everybody say another level. Now, praying in the Spirit also impacts the unseen arena. See, demons are spiritual. The devil is spirit. God is spirit. The Bible says God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when you start praying in the Spirit... You are affecting now principalities. Watch this. You are now affecting the demons that's affecting the people on your job. So you cutting them off before you even get in. Now you can't be walking around going, you bound in Jesus' name. Bound in Jesus' name. Bound in Jesus' name. You can't do that. But I remember when we were praying, when I saw the school, I was like, whoo. So I came into school, and I said, hey, uh, do y'all have a place where a church can have a school, uh, church in here? They, they told me and everything. And so when I went and asked, they said no. Right. I said, like, uh-oh. Mayday, mayday, we have a problem. So I went back to the door. I said, Lord, now, I know you told me to go there. He said, he said hey, 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 you know the process. No, he said, you know the process. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and you will find. I know I asked him five times. Finally, they was like, okay. I was like, prayer works. Amen. 
Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're closing this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Are you being blessed this morning? I need you to get what I'm saying. This changed my life. I'm telling you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's my point. Everybody who is born again can speak in tongues or pray in the spirit whether they choose to or not. Did you hear my point? I said those who are born again can speak in tongues and have the ability to speak in tongues and pray in the spirit whether they choose to or not. Now, look in chapter 12. Look in verse 7. He says, watch this now. Listen to me. This verse does not say, but the gifts of the Spirit. What does it say? Come on, class. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? How many? How many? Every believer has the power to manifest the different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. It's not, listen, the Holy Spirit himself is a gift, but all that he does are manifestations and you have him inside of you and you have the ability to manifest. Now, watch this. Go over now to 1 Corinthians. Look in verse chapter 14. Watch this now. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Watch this. We must choose to pray in the Spirit. We must choose to pray in the Spirit. You must choose to pray in the Spirit. You say, Pastor, I don't know how. Then you need to come to the classes when we offer them. But watch this. You must, see, I'm talking to some people right now who know how to speak in tongues. You don't remember the last time you did it. Oh, Lord, I'll put somebody in the stomach right there. Watch this. You must choose to pray in the Spirit. And see, this is what tradition messes you up. See, tradition says, every time I feel the, come on, moving in my heart, I will. Now, I'm not making fun of the song, but it is spiritually incorrect because if I wait for the spirit to fill him, I ain't going to never pray. Come on now. Every time I feel the spirit. Spirit, what? Moving in my heart, what? Boys, we will not be some praying people. Because Pastor Evan, one of his struggles, I don't like praying, but I know I'm supposed to. And if I waited to feel it, y'all would be messed up. (laughs) Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, look at verse 14. You must choose to pray in the Spirit. Let me show you why. It's under your control. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. It's under your control. Watch what Paul said. For if I pray in an unknown, that word unknown is added. That's why it's in italics. They do that sometimes to try to make the verse make sense. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And this one, it's okay. For if I pray an unknown tongue, my what? My spirit is praying, but my understanding is what? Front fruitful. Watch the verse 15. What is it then? I what? Come on, class. Who will? Who will? I will. I will pray in the spirit. So that's a choice you make. Now, see, I remember, you know, I grew up Presbyterian, so we didn't, we didn't teach this. They didn't teach against it, but they didn't teach it either. So when I heard it, I was like, okay, that's good. I want that. But check this out, though. Here's a misnomer for those who have come out of these environments. 
Well, if God wanted me to speak in tongues, I would speak in tongues. Well, if God wanted you to eat too, he'd come out of heaven and feed you with a, feed you with a spoon. That makes no sense, does it? So why is it that we think that the Holy Spirit is just supposed to come on me and just take over me? You know why? Because we done saw him in church. No offense. No offense. Put your religion, put your, put your, put your tradition down. You know, we grew up in churches where, you know, sister, sister dance a lot. That's what I call them. I mean, she could do it, boy. You're like, wow. She don't bump her head, don't bump into nobody. I mean, it's like she weaving and everything. You know, it's like, wow. It's like, man, I wish I could feel the spirit like that. And so you waiting to feel the spirit like sister dance a lot when she just want to dance. Ain't got to do with the spirit. She just want to dance. You got to choose the speaking tongue. Now, here's another one. I'm going to close with this one. I'm going to close with this one. When you choose to pray in the spirit, it strengthens you while you stand in the battle. And it provides you with insight, wisdom, and answers when you need it. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Watch this. He says, for if I pray in this unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So even though you're praying in the spirit, it's unfruitful to your mind. But I want you to see something. Drop down now. Go to verse 4 in chapter 14. Go to verse 4. Watch this. Verse 4. It says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? He edifies. So while you're standing in the battle, while you're praying the prayer of faith, and you're standing on what you believe God is wanting you to have, you, watch this, when you're praying in the spirit, he says it edifies you. It builds you up. It causes you to be strong. He says it, he edifies himself. So when I pray in the spirit, now go to Jude. This is the last scripture, I promise you. Go to Jude. That's the last book next to Revelation, I think. Jude. Praying in the spirit strengthens you and causes you to be able to stand in the battle. Because watch this. He says, when, I'm, when you've done all the stand, stand. But then it also says, watch this. See, we have to remember that we are a spirit we have a soul, we live in a body, and our body can get tired. Our soul can get faint. And it said, be not weary in well-doing, because in due season you will reap. So what you got to do, you, you got to pray in the Spirit so you won't get weary. Now watch this, Jude chapter, Jude 20. Watch what it says. He says, but beloved, you will build up yourselves. On your most holy faith. In other words, while you're standing in faith, you can build yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. What's my point? As we close this thing on prayer, I've given you what prayer is. I've told you how to pray. I've given you reasons why you need to pray. I've even showed you the process of the prayer of faith and gave you steps to know how to do it while you're standing in faith. And I'm saying now you need to, when, you, when you're praying, learn how to pray in the spirit. And we'll have another class for that, for those of you who don't. But those of you who do, shame on you if you're not praying in the spirit. Not shame. I should take that back. I take that back. Okay. Not shame on you. But if you pray in the spirit, you know how to do it. You need to do it. Because I have seen more. Okay. Here's a, here's, a, here's a result. Here's a result of praying in the Spirit. God birthed our church. We've gotten supernatural favor. We got in this building like that. We're getting our land like that. We got the plans for our building like that. So, so it works. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. You may be here today. Here's my question to you. If you died today, are you 100% sure that heaven would be your home?
Are you 100% sure that if you died today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Well, the answer to that question is this. If Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, if you haven't invited him at all into your life to make him your Lord and Savior, the scripture says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So everlasting life only comes through believing in Jesus Christ. And if you're not 100% sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, or you haven't done that at all, you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I just want to pray for you. And here's the condition. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, but when you raise your hand, all, that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and somebody's going to give you something to fill out. That's all it takes. I'm not going to ask you to walk down here. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I'm not even going to ask you to stand up. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand so that I can see it, heaven can see it, and the devil can see it. And so if you're here this morning and you know if you died, you're not 100% sure you go to heaven, I want to pray that prayer for you. And if that's you, say, Pastor Edmund, would you pray for me? That's me this morning. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior for the first time. If that's you, would you raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Anybody here this morning? Thank you, young man. This young man right here. Keep your hand up till she puts something in your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, Pastor Edmund. I see a hand way back there, a little kid way back in the back. Because kids know what I'm talking about. Amen. Anybody else? Don't be afraid. I'm just here to help you. We love you this morning, and we want to see God's best for your life. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've been off track with the Lord, and when you, you want to get your life back on, tra on track, and you just need to rededicate and recommit yourself to the Lord. And recommitting yourself just means that you... You're saying, Lord, I, I don't like living the way I was living, or I've just been off track spiritually, or I just need to recommit to the things of God. If that's you this morning, and you would like to rededicate your life, I want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Say, Pastor Edmund, pray for me. I want to rededicate my life this morning. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. I see your hand, ma'am. Keep your hand up. They're going to give you something to write with. Thank you, sir. I see your hand right here. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand.